Blog Talk Radio.
Lord God, for your word. We thank you for your will. We thank you for your way, Lord Father. We thank you for your kingdom. We thank you, Lord Father, for you have been giving us instructions from the beginning, Lord Father. You have been giving us everything that we need for life and godliness. Father, we ask that you continue to work on us and walk with us and allow your spirit to dwell in us and beside us that we may come to all truths that what you're trying to reveal to us. Father, we have been going down our own path far too long. Father, we have pretty we have really messed things up. And we ask your forgiveness for this. Knowing that we ask your forgiveness, Lord Father, that we're asking you to show us the right way. You know, we have a bunch of uh, men and, and traditions that show us what have been done. But we're asking, Lord Father, tonight that your spirit speak to us and show us what needs to be done. Father, we thank you for your son, our Lord and Savior, our King, Jesus Christ, Lord Father, who you have appointed over us, Lord Father, and one day we shall rule with him forever. Father, we ask that you forgive us, Lord Father, because sometimes what you tell us to do is not what we display. It's not what our actions. We have learned, Lord Father, to hate each other. We have learned to separate each other. We have learned to rely more on our own feelings and what we feel is right rather than what the scriptures say and commanded us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Father, we ask that you continue to allow your spirit to renew our minds and, and, and as we die daily to our flesh, that your word will become live, Lord God, in our lives. And that even if there was no Bible, there was no names, there was no titles, someone could look at us and see Jesus Christ and see that we are a child of God and see that we are a son of, or daughter of God. Father, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Wow. I know it's been a minute since we've been on, um, but I want to thank you guys for staying faithful. And it's just been a lot going on in our family's life medically. Um, we've had some uh, death in the family as well, multiple. So I ask you to continue to lift my family up in prayer and um, continue to reach out, as you guys have been doing, um, just to check on us and let us let y'all know, let us know that you love us and that you're here. I, I'm going to begin again again. I know I got that phrase from Dr. Leonard as he once told me before, sometimes we have to begin again again. Um but but we have to begin again again. And what I mean by that is what I'm going to start talking to you is about some of the elements of the kingdom of God that makes up a kingdom and and not just the missing pieces or the pieces that we choose to see. Sometimes we choose to see pieces in the kingdom of God that's only going to fit and fulfill what we want. It doesn't fulfill everything. It just fulfills what our desires is for the kingdom of God and what we believe that the scriptures are saying, which has been done uh, all along, by the way. You know, I, I do want to go ahead and read this one scripture to you because I really think that this scripture is, is powerful. I really I really like it, and, and I started to understand also a little bit more about what I'm going to read. First, I'm going to read you First Peter um Chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, by who God's power are being guarded through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice through now for a little while. If necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, through it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Through you may have not seen him, you love him, though you may not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, now that scripture, the reason why I like that, because I, it, it, it's talking about a, a precious gift, a couple of them actually. It's talking about how blessed is the Lord God, our Father, first and foremost, and, and, and the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, when you look at Jesus Christ, he is the only begotten Son of God. While we are sons of God and daughters of God, he is the only begotten son, which means that he is the only one in like his, his kind. Only one. That's what begotten means. Only one. There'll never be another one. There'll never be another one like Jesus Christ. But what I want to talk to you guys about is, is, is this, this whole mentality of kingdom, this whole mentality of citizenship. Uh, we missed a couple pieces. And let me see why, why I believe that and why scriptures back that up. One of the reasons is that we believe that um, we were entitled or, or supposed to be ruling something that Jesus currently has no rule over. We, we like to lay claim to things and hold on to things that scripture even tells us that we don't, but we don't want to look at that thing. But I want to tell you, start off like this. Here's the problem that I see in a lot of the things that's going on in the world and many countries around, and there's one word called history. Now, I only can use something that I'm familiar with. Uh, even though it's going to line up with scriptures, I'm going to use you what I know. I know as an African-American in this country, I, I, I know that my history, as far as I know it, um, goes as far back as slavery and after. We we don't have a history of um, history before that. We don't have a, a understanding of where we come from as African Americans here in this country and a lot of the other countries. We don't have a history of Vikings and warriors that captured land, even though we do have a history that that that, that was tribes fighting other tribes, capturing lands, uh, conquering territories, establishing uh, uh, kingdoms. Uh, like Shaka Zulu and all these other things, but it's just nothing more than a figment of our imagination or a television program. While I understand the fight that's going on in the country today, is because some of the history that you see doesn't belong to you. You're going to catch this later. It doesn't belong to you because it's not your history. So that's why this big separation, you got to, 
hear these words, separation of this history in America because you got a group of people that know and have a history, a rich history in this country. And then you got another group of people who have no history but oppression in this country. So now you got these two that's supposed to be one. Now catch this, it's just like the, the, the church is today. You got all these groups of different people that claim to be one because they believe they love one God. And, and we know that's not true. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going. Um, but I want you to know the reason why there are so people are so divided is because they have no history. When you have a joint history, you have a joint community. When you have a joint community, you have a joint culture. When you try to implement a history fighting against people that don't have a history, eventually they're going to want to find out who they are. And I'm going to break it down to the family, black, white, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, whoever you want to say. I'm going to break it down why history is important to the family. If you have a single mother and the child does not know who their father is or vice versa, they're going to one day try to search out to find out who that person is. Or they're going to be so disruptive as to deny the person who they came from. Oh, you're not hearing me. This is scripture. They're going to deny the person that they came from because of the hurt and pain that they feel about the separation. You feel me? Because of that separation. If you have a family and you have the father that walked out or left or the mother and father got divorced or whatever the case may be, you have a child growing up, learning how it is to be single and separated from the complete family. It happened in the Bible. There we go. We were going to bring this down scripturally. See, because I need to understand or let you guys know that the information that I'm giving you is based on a whole complex total understanding of what the ecclesia means. And because we don't understand what the ecclesia is, we developed and created a church to appease us in the absence of our father. Are you not hearing this? In the absence of our father, we created the church. Because we wanted to be connected to something, so we did the best thing that we knew how was create the lasting memory that we have of what we were demonstrated or taught. So so because I, I have to get this out in the beginning, I, I even posted it so people can understand, because I understand now how my family, friends, associates, even my enemies sometimes don't want to hear anything about the kingdom of God. They, they really don't want to hear it because they have no connection to it, even though they have a connection to it. They, you begin to talk about the kingdom of God and, oh, here we go again. Now, why, why can't we just do things the way it is now? But because there is no substitute. If the Bible tells us that you must preach the kingdom of God, just as in Luke 4.43, then there is no substitute. If the Bible tells you, go preach ye saying, the kingdom of God is at hand, then there is no substitute. But yet we have a tolerance for substitutions. We have a tolerance for substitutions because we believe that what we're doing is creating a peace. And Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Mother against father, in-law against in-law, father against uh, son, daughter against mother. And the reason why, because there can be no substitute for what you need to understand about your history. 
Now we can go back to the very beginning of of the Bible um, and look in Genesis where we see that God created the heaven and earth. Now, the reason why we kind of get confused a little bit is because if we have no history, we have no ownership. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if we have no history, we have no attachment to anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so because we don't have a history, we don't know what it is to be a citizen. Oh, come on. This is good. This is good stuff. Now, now, now watch this. Uh, because we have no history, we don't have any attachment to this country. Now, I'm not making this political about black and white, but I am going to make this to help you understand why the differences are. If you have no history in a country except for oppression, only slaves would want to return to that establishment. Now, let's look at the children of Israel, the Hebrews. Now, now the Egypt had them in slavery, and as they began their sacrifice, as they began to kill their flesh, as they began to walk toward God, some of them chose to do what? It says, what did they say? Then they say, um, he brought us out here to die. He brought us out. It was better that we were slaves. But yet they were being groomed and tailored to an Egyptian history. You know, I looked up something the other day, or as a matter of fact, yesterday. I looked up something yesterday because it was, um, it was interesting. And I looked this up in a couple of countries. In order for you to become a citizen of that country, you're not born a citizen. You go through a process called naturalization. Naturalization process means you have to actually apply to be a citizen of this country. You're not just automatically a citizen. Or in some cases, if your father was a citizen and your mother was not, yet you were born in this country, then you're a citizen. But... There's one thing when you look at that people don't really realize, that one thing that you have to understand, if you're a non-citizen, to be naturalized as a citizen, you have to take a test. And on this test is history. Why do you think it's important for these naturalized citizens to know the history of something they're going to belong to? Connection. Now you know what I'm about. Now you know what the history is. And now I need you to pledge allegiance to this citizenship. Oh, this is good. You guys aren't understanding me. Matter of fact, let me see if I got it. I have it right here. Okay. Here are some of the things. I don't have it. Uh, here are some of the things that you have to do um, when you become a citizen of the country. You have to obey by the laws. You have to uh, um, agree to do these things to, 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 to support. You have to agree to defend. You have to agree to do all these things. Um, and if you look it up uh, naturalization or citizenship, you'll, you'll, you'll find it and pull it up. Matter of fact, I got it. I have it. Here we go. Here's, here's what it is. Let me tell you what it is. You, you have to you you have to um, have you have two different things. You have rights and you have responsibilities. Now, as a church, we confuse the two. We think that our rights is a responsibility, and our responsibility is our right. 
Now, you have a right to express yourself. You have a right to worship where and anything, and I'm just talking about here. You have a right to, to trial by jury. That's fair. You have a right to elect. You have a right for employment. You have a right to run for office. You have a right to pursue life and happiness. Those are your rights. Now, your responsibilities are to support, stay informed of the issues, participate in the the democratic process, respect and obey state and federal and local laws, respect the rights, beliefs, and opinions of others, participate in your local community, pay income taxes. Uh, This is is a government establishment. So you see how there are rights and there are responsibilities. One of the things that we often get mixed up is this word territory. The territory was here before you were, right? So, so therefore, there is no territory you need to be over. The Bible says that, that, that the, the world, is the, 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 the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. So the territory was established when God said, let there be light. That's his territory. It's his. It doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to him. So so while the enemy has a limited amount of operation here on the earth today, what you have to understand is who that is over. Understand your history. Now, the reason why history is so important to the the citizenship is because we like to discount our history and like to jump just to citizenship and feel that we have no responsibilities in the kingdom of God. We don't want to be obedient except we want the rights of the kingdom of God. We want all the rights that a citizen has. We don't want to know the history of it. We don't want to read. We don't want to understand it. So we don't never understand what history means to a citizen because we don't understand that we were naturalized as Gentiles into the kingdom of God. Jesus said one time, and I had my my kids read it one time, uh, a woman approached Jesus and then she said, "Uh, Master, can you uh, spare uh, um, some bread or something? And, And Jesus said, it is, it is not mine to take the bread from the children and give it to dogs. Remember the scripture? What's that scripture? Look that scripture up for me real quick. But, but everybody was like, wow, this is Jesus saying this to a woman. This is, this is Jesus saying this to a woman. This is in Matthew chapter 15, verse 26. And, and, and it says, he replied, it is not right to take the, the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, the verse before that, it says, the Lord came to him and knelt with him and said, Lord, help me, please. So, and then Jesus turned around and said, it is not right to take the bread of, of the children's bread and throw it to dogs. Now, because you don't understand that Jesus even said that he only came for one purpose. Remember we read that last week? Jesus said that he only came for who? The children of Israel. I didn't come for anybody else except for the children of Israel. But sometimes what we don't understand is the history of what's going on here. Now, when you look at the history, 
Let's take a look at some history real quick. I'm going to give you one history. Let's look at uh, uh, um, the genealogy. Because in two places, you'll see genealogy. You'll see it in, in Luke and stuff like that. But you see it in Genesis and you see it in Matthew, predominantly, right? So you have two genealogies that, that, that pretty much I know a lot of people that I talk to don't understand why it's there. So they skip over it and don't really understand that it's referring you back to a history. It's referring you back to a history so you can understand your newly found citizenship as you're naturalized and been grafted in to the kingdom of God. Now, does that mean that, that the same rights, oh, this is good stuff, that Abraham had, you have? No, because those rights were for Abraham. God never told, um, well, I know he never told me uh, um, to be the father of many nations. But we don't understand the history, so we can't understand the kingdom of God. That's why you have to understand the history as part of the citizenship. Only a part. It's a part. Because we think that when we're supposed to conquer territory, and, and, and like the history of the Old Testament tells us about these called-out ecclesia, not the church, these called-out prophets, not the church, these called-out ecclesia people can set foot on a land, and God said it belonged to you. But it's the same reason that God told an unbelieving spouse or a believing spouse to stay with an unbelieving husband. It's the same reason that Jesus said that your light is like a, 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 a lamp on the top of a hill, because what you're trying to convert or what you're trying to uh, um, Spread or conquer or take over or influence has nothing to do with the ground you walk on, but it does have to do with the person that's standing next to you. Because when you look at what Jesus is in charge of, Jesus was is in charge of who? Us. Us. Well, I, I tell you what. Let's go to scripture. Let's let's go to scripture. Here's a scripture that's in Revelations. It says. Uh, and the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, that's Revelation 11:15, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. So in the end times, only when the seventh angel sounds are the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ or the kingdoms of this world going to belong to God or, or Jesus again. That means what? Okay, Second Corinthians four three and twelve. But if our gospel be hid, is the hid, hid to them are the lost, and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds that uh, of which them believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So you have to start looking at Jesus was appointed over us. So what is Jesus' territory? Is it the earth? Or is it us? So now, if Jesus said, go preach this doctrine that's mine, that was given to my Father, then here's where we mess up at. Let me back to slow this down a little bit. I'm going to slow this down just a little bit. Because I have to let you understand something. Truth be told, the word church. Now, I am not church bashing. I am not church uh, bashing and, oh, he's bashing all the churches. Let me tell you what I am bashing. 
I'm bashing the religious system that we call church today. I am not going to compromise with that. But I am not against the assembling of the ecclesia. But you have to understand certain things to be part of the ecclesia. You just can't automatically jump to power, dominion, and authority and believe that because you are obedient, that power, dominion, and authority has come to you because you don't even know where it's coming from, whose it is, and what power, dominion, and authority you have. Just because someone else said it or just because it happened in the Bible and it was trying to give you a history lesson of a people that walked away from God, what God had to do and how much he loves you to bring him back, that's why we look at the Bible as stories and not pictures of the kingdom of God, how God is trying to bring us back. So, so what you have to understand that some things that I will not tolerate or I will not substitute is the wisdom and understanding revelation I have about the kingdom of God. Now, I know people have lost tolerance and respect for the kingdom of God because what they would rather do is continue ministering the things the way they are, keeping up with the social norms, as accustomed to what they're doing because what they're doing is building themselves and not the kingdom of God. Let me tell you why. Because the church can only give you a membership. It can't give you citizenship. Citizenship only comes when you become part of a larger picture Outside of what you can get. That's why there's only two things that when it comes to be a citizen, there are rights and responsibilities. Now, your rights is something that everybody is granted to, but your responsibilities don't change. Your role as a citizen has nothing to do with what you're going to get because a right is not what you get. It's a right. So while we minister about all these rights and, and I'll never get sick and, and I'm going to have wealth and, and I'm going to have these riches and, and, and God promised this, and you're not looking at the history of God. You're not looking at what happens to, to that kind of thinking people. Now, we always like to say that history repeats itself. It doesn't have to. The scripture I read to you first is the reason why I read it first was to let you know that history don't have to repeat itself. The reason why history repeats itself, because there is no mindset changes. Because you don't change your mind, history is going to repeat itself. That's why history repeats itself. Because you haven't learned anything from the state you were in first to the next state that you need to be in. You have not done that. That's why history repeats itself. But now we look at the Bible as a mimicry of people that done things in the Bible and then we're supposed to do the same thing. The Bible never said that. It never told us to do what everybody did in the Old Testament because if that was the case, let's read this scripture. If that was the case, then there would be no need for Jesus to come. Think about it. Am I right? If, if history was supposed to repeat itself, then we would have sinned in the garden. We would have been kicked out the garden. Now, 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 now tell me this. History has repeated itself. But it's supposed to stop with your understanding when you believe 
and understand what citizenship really is. Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 21. Now, I don't want to use this dispute between Peter and Paul as anything except to let you understand about history and how it doesn't have to repeat itself. I want you to start reading the Bible differently. Don't look at it as a book of stories. Look at Adam and Eve. You look at God established a territory. God said, like to be like. God was ruler, what to say, of heaven and earth, right? That is God's territory. Now, because we look to conquer and create a history, we never establish a citizenship with what we already have. Oh, come on, this is good stuff. But anyway, here's a dispute between Peter and Paul. Galatians chapter 2, 11 through 21, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain Gentile came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which of the circumcision, he's talking about the Jews. What Peter did was he, 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 he began to become racist. Peter was racist. He became racist or becoming racist. Not that he was a racist person, but here is the influence of other people that made him change the way he was walking. That's the problem that we're having today. You have people claiming to be a Christian and yet hate another race. You have people that claim it to be of the way and don't like a certain group of people. You have people claiming to be of God and have these big names and support a political agenda. But now let's look at Paul or Peter's political agenda. And watch this. Now I'm only telling you this because of history. Tell me it don't repeat itself. But when I... But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain Gentiles came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. While, while, while somebody was around, he ate with them. That's what he's saying. While, while, while James and them were around, he ate with them. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing what they was going to say about him. It says, but when they which they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. He's talking about the Jews. Because the Jews seen him associating with the Gentiles. You've got to read this. It says, and the other Jews disassembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not upright according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou be a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? History, 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 history. History, history. Oh, my God, this is good. It says, "Who we who are Jews by nature 
and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while I seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners. Is therefore Christ a minister of sin? That's why being the ecclesia cannot be the church that we practice today. You know why? Because we have so many different denominations. Now think about this. Now, now, now I know this message will reach a lot of people and understand that, but I'm asking anybody right now that's Pentecostal, would they walk into a Catholic church and sit down? Or vice versa? Or Protestant? Or Hebrew? Or Jewish? Or whatever? Would you willingly go to a synagogue? Or a mosque? Or anything else? You wouldn't. Therefore, what we are doing cannot be church. See, one of the biggest questions people always ask is, so what do we do? So now we get this revelation that it can't be what we're doing now than what we're supposed to do. We've invested what? Um, the, the church industry is only second than the car industry, making what, three, 13, three to $13 trillion a year? but yet they're still homeless, and we call ourselves a church, something is wrong. Something is wrong. So so let me continue reading this. It says, God forbid, for if I build again the things which I destroy, I make myself a transgressor. If I build again the things which I destroy, I make myself a transgressor. For I, though the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So, so what we are doing, even even sometimes when we, we, we don't understand, because Paul didn't understand, or Peter didn't understand, or, and, and it, it, it was able to separate him. But what do we do now? We separate people based on information and knowledge. If you don't know anything about the kingdom of God, then I'm separating you and I'm dogging you, I'm, I'm beating you around, and it's not the way it was supposed to be. The freedom that comes with the liberty of spirit comes with me understanding about my history, where I came from. As a Gentile, I understand that I was grafted in to God. I was grafted in, so that means I had to go through a naturalization process. Then you can get into the big dispute, oh, we're the original Hebrews. That's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. See, while it was all right for Jews to follow their customs, you're not hearing me. They could not bind a religious law seeing that the law was no longer operative. It's okay for them to do what they do. That's their custom. 
They, they, that was their law. That was their history. They did that. They ate that way. They did that. But didn't that, the, the scriptures tell us that, that uh, when Peter, oh, I'm sorry, when Paul said that uh, it doesn't matter about the day you worship, doesn't matter about if you eat meat or not eat meat, uh, don't let your good be evil spoken of. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. But don't let your customs flow into somebody else. Now, church is not a custom. It's a creation. Church is not a custom. It's a creation. That's why it continues to grow. Not because it has life, but it has death. So much. The bigger the membership grows, it's only defining what? A church membership. The ecclesia. Now, we, we, we're talking about the ecclesia. And what does it have to do when it comes to uh, um, the church? Uh, truth be told, the word church does not and cannot effectively represent or demonstrate the Greek word ecclesia. It seems like it's a very small thing to, to, to try to get people to understand, but that simple error has given us the church as we know it today and has even given us the people who mock and have chosen to, chosen to deny Christ and God today. The word church comes from a word meaning the building of a Lord. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. The word church comes from the word meaning the building of a Lord. But which Lord? Since the word church can encompass every other religion, Satanic, Paganistic, whatever, it can accomplish Wicca, the Church of Wicca, the Church of this, the Church of Christ. Therefore, it cannot be the representation of a God. You understand what I'm saying? It is a God, but not the God. It's a God's representation, but not the God's representation. There's a big difference. So when we continue to see ourselves as a church, we are inclusive of every other church that's out there that calls themselves the church. You can go online or something right now, check on your phone and look up the church of Satan, the church of witchcraft, the church of paganism. But you also look up the church of Christianity, the church of Christ, the church of this, the church of that, the church of this. So, therefore, it cannot be the one and the same thing. There is a huge difference. The true representation of the called-out assembly or the ecclesia has a total different meaning. The church can only offer one thing, and that is a membership. The kingdom of God offers citizenship. There's a huge difference. Many of the ministers today or preachers don't understand the, the, the word citizen even though they use the term citizen. Here are the five parts that define a kingdom. We're not doing territory. You know why we're not doing territory? Because in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. The territory is his. You understand? It's his territory. We're not recreating the territory. The territory is already here. But because we look for territory, we look for what we can gain. We don't look as dwelling in the government of God. Okay. 
there are five parts. Here are the five parts. We only use three. We focus on the, on this one category. The one category that we focus on is decree. In decree, under decree, you have these lines, one, two, three. Under decree, you have power, dominion, and authority. That comes under decree. But the five components are, number one, history. Number two, decree. Number three, government. Number four, laws. And then five, citizenship. When you understand those five, start with number one. We're talking about history. We're talking about why history is important and why we need to understand history to to know about the territory in which we operate. See, we skip down there. Let me me break it down this way. The history books. Let's talk about the history real quick. When you look at the genealogy, it says God, Adam, Seth, Enoch, Kenan, Mahael, Harid, Enoch, Methuselah, Lemech, and Noah. You remember them? Remember those? Those back in Genesis? Remember those? Okay, now here's what they mean. God, the God, Adam, man, Seth is appointed, Enoch, uh, a mortal man of, Kenan, sorrow, Mihael, the glory of God, Harid, shall come down, Enoch, instructing that Methuselah, his death shall bring, Lemech, those in despair, Noah, comfort and rest. Put it all together, it says, the God-man is appointed a mortal man of sorrow. The glory of God shall come down, instructing that his death shall bring those in despair, comfort and rest. Now that's what's in the Bible. But see how history is important? See, we don't understand that because that's part of history. And everything that that just said walked up to who? Jesus Christ. Because what happened in in the beginning was God established a territory. What does it say in Genesis chapter 1 and 1? In the beginning, God did what? He did what? He did what? Now, a king... And his kingdom is one. A king establishes his kingdom. It's a decree. This is good stuff. We went to shut it off earlier, but a little bit. But think about this. A king, let's talk about a king. Y'all want to talk about a king briefly? Let's talk about a king. Now, a king establishes his, his kingdom. It is every kingdom has these elements in it. Genesis one and twenty six it says, God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likings, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and the sky and the cattle, over the earth and every creeping thing. So what God did was create, because God said, Let there be what? Life. God created his kingdom. Now he put Man in his kingdom He establishes laws Am I right How did he say What did he say What was God's laws 
You gave him anything you want to do except this one. That was his law, right? So that was God's law. See, we don't look at that part because the law governs the who? Citizens. The law governs the citizens. Okay? You, you got it? So the law governs the citizens. So now you have history, which we're talking about today. You have two, which is the decree. Now, Jesus said all that, matter of fact, what did Jesus say? Put his way. Hold a bunch of scripts. Jesus said, God has given me everything in heaven and what? On earth. Talking about us. And he said, all that is his is mine. And even though you are mine, I and God is one, and you and I are one. These are decrees. God decreed Jesus to have authority, right? We believe that because he's a king. A king has to be decreed other than God who established our history. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. See, we don't look at those little scriptures like that. So God has existed. He gave this decree, number two. He took this history. Remember, Jesus wasn't here yet. That's why the names was there. Remember, I read the names. Jesus wasn't here. So he gave this history about man, about us, about our disobedience, about our allegiance to other gods, about our, our, our foolishness, about our slavery, how we continue to go in slavery. We sell our brothers and sisters. We, we, we kill, you know, we do all this stuff. Now, God said, here, son, for God so loved the world, the gave his only begotten son, who should have believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a decree. Here, this is my son. Trans, trans, uh, Transfiguration Hill uh, Peter, James, and John Won the Transfiguration Hill uh, Peter was so excited he, he wanted to do what we all do He was like let us build an altar um, uh, For Moses, Elijah And Jesus and, and yet while he was speaking A cloud overshadowed him And a voice came from heaven and it said This is my son Hear ye him Alright so now what did God just do? He, he established his decree. Matthew 17. Matthew 17, verse 5. While Peter was speaking, it says, while he was, matter of fact, let me go down. So it says, while he yet spake. That means while he was still in the midst of his speaking, talking about building these altars. Because you remember Matthew 17, verse 4. He said, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three altars. I will build three tabernacles for you. That's how excited I am. It is good for us to be here. Oh, come on. Let's build this. And he said, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, uh, and one for Elijah." That's what he said. And Matthew 17 and 5, it says, while he yet spake, because he was still excited. He was like, let's put some, hey, I can back. Peter was like, oh, God, let's get us to be here. Let us build three tabernacles. Oh, my, we can go back down the mountain, go get some of this gold trim that I saw on the rims downstairs that, that, that Ananias had, and we could bring that up. And wait a minute, I do believe that I saw Jedediah over there, and he had these pocket things. We could throw this on here. He was excited. 
He was with his Lord. He was excited. Why shouldn't he be? But then here we go. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice came out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. That's called a decree. That's called a decree. That's a decree. It's not the only decree, but that's a decree. Some more decrees were when Jesus said, uh, they, you have given me. Okay, that will be in John chapter 17, verse 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me. Oh, come on. This is decrees. This is a decree. Ain't that what Jesus said? John chapter 17 and 22. Matter of fact, let's go back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's back up. Let's go back some more. Let's go back to John chapter 17, verse 19. And he said, For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Talking about dying. My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who believe in me through their message. Right? That's what it said. This is the decree. Huh? That's John chapter 17, verse 20. Through their message. Neither I pray for these alone, but for them also which shall believe me through their word. Because I'm giving them the word. Luke 4, 43. You must, I, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities. That's why I was sent. So this word, this message that Jesus brought was not building a church. Upon this rock, I built my ecclesia, my called out ones, which is a proper translation. But then if you go to John chapter 17, verse 21, it says that they all may be, what, how many? It says 10,000, multiple religions. It says how many? One, right? As thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent who? You? Jesus. So that the world believe that God sent Christ to be king. All the stuff that Jesus did, rode in on the donkey and all these things, that's part of the history that we need to understand about citizenship. Okay, let me back up. We've got we to gotta wrap this up. Um, okay, so now you've got the history that we're talking about today. We're, we're touching on the decree. We're touching on the decree because what Jesus decreed for us was totally different. Now, I'm only touching these. We're going to study these a little bit, a little bit more, but I really just want to touch on uh, um, these, these, these few things. Now, the next one is what we got. To have what we got? History. We got decree. Don't worry about territory. We already covered that, right? We got territory. Now we got decree. Now we got government. Only a government can establish what? A law. Only the government can establish a law. 
but I have to. We got about four or five minutes. Um, only a government can establish a law. A law can't establish a government, right? Y'all believe a law can establish a government? No, nope. got to be a government. God's government in his territory established the government of the Garden of Eden, gave his laws to his citizens, which was Adam and Eve at the time. So now this government, and I'm only going to give you one scripture. I'm not going to go deep into it. I'm just going to go to Isaiah 9 and 7. On the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment. I want to go to that right there. I want you to see that. It says to order it and establish it with judgment. These are the books that you can, oh, this is great stuff. Uh, 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 it says, and the, with, with justice from henceforth and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, I want y'all to see this one thing, and we're going to call it quit. Nope, I can't, I can't, I got to go, I got to talk about this. We got to go through laws. Okay, we did that. The laws, the government established the laws, and Jesus said too. He said, what? Love God above what? Everything. And love your neighbor as what? Love yourself. Now, if Jesus is the king, he can establish laws, right? Now, if you ever looked at a King movie, you'll see that uh, 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 the emperor, me and my wife was watching a movie, a King movie, and um, the emperor established these lords, right? And each lord had a territory. Oh, this is good. And, and each territory had citizens. Each, each lord established laws that the citizens followed to be in unity. Anyone broke the laws of the government of the Lord was punished. So the laws govern the citizens. Now the citizens have what in that territory? Nothing. They got rights, right? And responsibilities. They have houses, they have lands and everything else, but it all belongs to who? The king. Revelations, let's go to Revelations again, uh, 11 and 15, and the seven sound, angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, the only begotten Son of God, and he shall reign forever. So if you claim to be a citizen, why are you trying to be equals and with Jesus? Because Jesus says the only begotten son. Let them say that. Begotten means only one like this. So now while you follow the laws of Christ, you belong to who? Christ. Peter Paul said, I'm as a slave, right? To Christ. That's the, see, these are things that he's talking about, but we don't get that because we want our own territory. But, oh, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. Holy Spirit said, wait, 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 wait. We're going to wait, wait, wait for that. All right. All right. Now, um, we have the five. Oh, oh, yeah, we have history, decree, government, laws, and citizenship. Now, you have to understand your citizenship 
to understand all of it. Don't only practice power, dominion, and authority, because when you only grasp those three, you're only actually trying to break down one, which is the decree of a king. We shall reign with Christ, just as every citizen reigns with the king. If the king falls and fails, they belong to who? Whoever just conquered them. The Bible says that we have power over what? One is ourselves. That means you can govern your feelings. Your feelings don't just have to hurt people. You don't just have to do that. And you also have power over the works of the enemy, over sin. You have power over that. Doesn't mean you ain't going to die or get sick because Jesus took care of that. Oh, you're not hearing me. But but we we, we got to move on. We got to move on. Um, I want you guys to understand that it was all right for those guys to have their customs, but as Scripture says, it was not okay for them to let their good be evil spoken of. Um, it, 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 the very same thing happens because when you shift your position to accommodate a large group of people rather than being consistent with the, the laws that was established by the king, it's called inconsistency. And, and we become inconsistent because we don't want to get embarrassed, but being wrong can condemn everybody. Inconsistency is what we try to stay away from, but being inconsistent is what keeps us in error. If you look at the scriptures in context and stop trying to separate the truth from truth, you'll begin to see a history lesson. You'll begin to see the Bible as not just stories, but the establishment of the kingdom of God as it walked on earth. Look at Daniel's dream when he talked about the, the shattering of all these different kingdoms. It's, it's what, what was happening. You see a group of people where history is just repeating itself, repeating itself, repeating itself, repeating itself. History does not have to repeat itself. Once you repent and believe, you start walking in accordance as a naturalized citizen into the kingdom of God. And be consistent. Be consistent. So, so it doesn't make the old law void. Jesus fulfilled it and became the new king. God is the overall. Jesus is the king. A king established laws. Wow, I'm going to stop right there. This is good stuff. I want to end by just letting you know, teaching this doesn't render the Old Testament useless. Because there's a lot to profit in the Old Testament and a lot to understand. But I'm letting you know today if learning the kingdom of God leads you to your glory, then you're looking for the wrong kingdom. You're looking for the wrong kingdom. When you begin to look for the kingdom of God, look for what you uh, can embark on and what you can see, what you can hear about what the history teaches you. Now, what we're going to get into is the power, dominion, and authority next week, next Thursday. We're going to get into that. But we had to talk about history today to understand that that is an element of a kingdom. Don't 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 deny it. It's an element of the kingdom. Amen. Any questions?
Anybody got any questions? The king, the king is the government. Her question was, um, she said that a, a government established laws for the citizens, but the king is the government. Yeah, the king is the government. The king is what sets forth the government. And let me tell you what the government is. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the government, how we have, he gave some what? Prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, right? So those are the government officials. You see what I'm saying? And he, he gave these government officials to uh, to minister his laws, right? So that's where the government comes from. But the king makes the laws. The king established the government that makes the laws. Matter of fact, one of the scriptures in the Old Testament was how, a uh, matter of fact, it was in the New Testament. Um, I can't remember where it's at. But the men used to meet at the gate. Remember that scripture? And, and they, people wanted to know why the gate was so important because that's where they used to meet. And they would meet and discuss the the um, rules or the, the governance of the ecclesia. It, it wasn't the church they were governing. But what we did was recreate something that was already destroyed. We tried to resurrect something that was already dead. So we create a church. Now, when you got these elders and pastors and things like that, they were a governance over a called out people, a called out body. They weren't uh, 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 singular individual people on a quest to build a membership of a church. It was a called out people. So it was a community aspect. So the called out assembly don't look for it as a called out building a group of people. Look for it as a called out group of people, a community. God called out prophets. He called out uh, uh, pastors. He called out teachers. He called all these people out from a what? Establishment. He called them out. Any other questions? Phone lines are also open online. Anybody got any questions? I'm sorry to take so long. I apologize. This was really good. I, we, we're going to pick it back up, but the intent is to have everybody understand the kingdom elements before you can announce citizenship. You, you have to be naturalized into uh, as a citizen because we're not natural citizens. So there's a process of naturalization, and part of that process, even in uh, naturalizations in the Britain, uh, UK, and Africa, and all this, you got to know history. But yet we don't know too much about the history because we like to skip over all that stuff and get right to the New Testament where it's still got history in it um, for the new church and things like that, but we got to understand where this thing is coming from. So we got God, kingdom, Jesus, government, laws, citizenship, and that brings us to kingdom awareness. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank you uh, for calling and hope that each and every um, time you come on that you understand and, and, and get something out of this. It is, it is my um, desire that you all do. Thank you, and God bless you, and good night. I've just tuned in to Kingdom Awareness Radio with your host, Pastor Mark A. Fields. 
of Kingdom Life Ministries International. Call us at 803-940-8928. Again, the number is 803-940-8928. Or email us at kingdomlifeministries.klm at gmail.com. Again, the email address is kingdomlifeministries.klm at gmail.com. And remember, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God bless you. Good night, and thank you for tuning in. Oh, <laughs>
Somebody, how are you ready? I don't think that I know y'all came to hear me sing, but God. 